0: I'm Luke Agassi, program host for Abide in Christ with Passages at Home, and you are listening to God at Work on Passages Voice. Hello, listeners, and welcome to God at Work, a four-part podcast where we are going to hear Passages alumni share how God has impacted their life. Our prayer is that hearing fellow alumni testimonies will encourage you to reflect on the Lord's faithfulness in your life too. Today's guest is Jonah Phillip. Welcome, Jonah. How's it going?
1: Hey, man. Uh, life is really good. Um, like, I hate to sound like an obnoxious optimist during a time like this, <laughs> um, but honestly, like, these last few days, I'm just I'm just feeling like it. Like, I feel like this is... This has turned into um, like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Um, and I know God doesn't plan on wasting this, uh, this time of, that he's given us that's different than the usual. Um, and so I just I feel like we shouldn't either.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, and, you know, to know on that, God is not surprised by anything, even though we may be surprised. It's up to us to um, kind of walk the line between acknowledging that Things are a little bit crazy and unknown and sometimes scary, but also resting our hope in God and his goodness, uh, even in, uh, in, in these moments, I, I, it brings my mind to Psalm 23. Uh, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, um, for you are with me. And uh, I think that's a, a really cool um, explanation of what that line can be. Um, awesome. Jonah, let's hear your background. Um, where are you
1: from, and where do you attend school? Yeah, so I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, I go to Duquesne University, which is in the city, and I'm studying uh, secondary English education. Um, as far as how I got like connected to passages, uh, I was a hitchhiker uh, on a trip. I did not go with the school. Um, found it out of nowhere a week before the deadline. Signed up, got added to a bus group, uh, and it was amazing um yeah but uh where I'm at right now uh going into my student teaching next year so that should be exciting um yeah it's
0: it's it's been really good congratulations on uh starting student teaching pretty soon uh just to note a question about when you came with us um so you said you jumped on via an interest list uh when did you uh travel to Israel with us Yeah.
1: I went last June. So June, 2019. Awesome.
0: Yeah.
1: I was there just a month before you. So uh, So I hope, I
0: hope it was, uh, I hope it was uh, just as uh, enjoyable and impactful for you as it has been uh, for, for me uh, when I attended a passages trip um, a couple of years ago, as well as the uh, hundreds of alumni as well. Awesome. Awesome. So Jonah, obviously we are, um, we're, we're, doing a podcast for God at Work. Uh, We want to hear your story. Um, You've mentioned to me before that your story seems to mirror themes to your biblical namesake, Jonah in the Bible. Yeah. Could you elaborate on that before we get started? And then once we kind of hit that preface, let's hear your story. Just give us a summary of your testimony.
1: Yeah, man, for better or for worse in regards to uh... My story reflecting the biblical genre, right? Like never a character that is really looked at in like a positive manner. Um, <laughs> but I have uh, over the last few days. Um, that's why this period of life has been like so crazy to me. Is that um, my testimony? Though nothing has changed as far as elements to it. Um, finally, I feel like there's like a story in it. Finally, I feel like there are lessons and there are like repeating themes. Mm. Um, which is pretty crazy too. Uh, I feel like for a long time there, um, my, my story was kind of just about, um, who I had felt wronged by and how that had made me, uh, today, how that made me into the man I am. But as I realized, um, that my testimony is kind of just about how I've been making the same old mistakes. I've been, um, running repeatedly from dealing with um, emotions and situations and all these types of things and that's kind of what's brought me to today uh it's kind of like that realization like maybe i'm my worst enemy and it's and it's a little it's a little hard to accept that but man it's freeing when you do um to kind of get into my testimony uh i grew up as a pk pastor's kid uh kind of as the traditions of like pastor's kids and pks go like it, it doesn't mean all that much. It just kind of means that we're surrounded by Christians for a lot of our, our younger lives. Um, I, that's all I really knew. All my friends were Christians. I went to Christian school. It was kind of just life. Um, and I wasn't ever tested in that until I, uh, started to go through what I now see as an identity crisis. Hmm. Um, I, had realized that the image that I had kind of attained, the one that in a way I had earned, was that of like the funny guy that no one could like take seriously. Um, And that was something that didn't bother me for a while, but then it started to, and it was hard. Um, And so in that identity crisis, that was the first moment in my life that I can kind of um, tag as I ran away. And I started, uh, I left my school, I dropped out. And I started something called Cyber School. For anyone who is curious to what that is, uh, it's exactly what every college kid is doing right now. (laughs) Um, But at the time, it was not good for me. Um, I don't think I realized how much I did need people in my life. Um, And it it was a time where I pushed everyone away um, because of that identity crisis, where the people who meant the most to my life, I felt like... Um, I didn't like the way that they saw me anymore. Mm. Uh, there was still that that love that I knew that they had for me, but I didn't want to deal with those talks, with those, um, hey guys, like uh, there's more to me. Um, and so I ran from it. Yeah. And I pushed everyone away. Uh, it sent me into a really deep um, and kind of depression-filled, very depression-filled period of my life. it was hard to get up all the days. Um, suicidal tendencies came along with that. Um, and it was a really hard time where I didn't, I pushed everyone away that could have helped. And I was really, uh, just alone every day. And then through the grace of God, as my story continues to speak, um, basically I had an identity crisis. I had that type of burnout with that. And, uh, he came out of nowhere, uh, Picked me up from that place and delivered me into an opportunity uh, to be a part of this youth group, and I had no interest in it, but then it happened and a few a few months later, uh, there I got to go on a mission trip with them. I wound up developing serious uh, friendships I was given a role, and I was given a role that wasn't just uh, boxed into this is my funny guy identity mm-hmm. We had a a thing called the Billy Graham festival of hope that actually came to Pittsburgh and they needed counselors for uh, people would come down um, and they would want to dedicate their lives to Christ. And so 14 year old uh, edgy just off of his um, a few months earlier, literally completely separated from the faith, um, whatever that was, he, I was now being given the opportunity. God was using this broken kid to literally counsel and bring like 40 year old married couples um, to the Lord, and it was just a really cool moment. And this is my entire like, this is a pattern in my story that God is just th- this isn't about Jonah and like what Jonah was able to do in his life, it's about how God used Jonah at his worst and at his brokenness to do his work. Um, and so kind of moving forward, uh, another moment like that happened a few years later. And it's so crazy because as I've been reflecting, as these last few days have really pointed out to me, um, the true lessons in my testimony, i realized that there is a three year span between all three of like the big running away moments in my life. And it's absolutely crazy. Um, so that was ninth grade. And then in 12th grade, it kind of happened again, where um, I was dealing with some burnout. Again, there was sort of an identity crisis. Um, I felt uh, kind of, uh, I guess, rejected and abandoned by a lot of my best friends. Um, And it just so happened that a lot of this drama was coming from um, a church, a youth group. So I ran again, instead of dealing with those problems and um actually absorbing that like realizing I may have caused some of the problems, mm-hmm. I ran and I was like, I'm the victim. And um I shut out Christianity, I shut out Christians for my life for a while there. And I went to uh a- another place of depression, another place of loneliness, and um God again used it and He pushed me to get more involved in my school where I developed the best friendships that I've ever had in my life. Um, and it's almost as if he has given me, um, these people who I love so much, uh, in my life as a chance to be Christ too throughout these years. And, um, I may have not always been perfect at it, but he, he moved me to that place. And I've been so thankful for that. Um, and then fast forwarding another three years to, I guess, what I would consider um, the the next biggest point, and this just happened this past semester. So I was really um, getting involved at uh, at my university. So I was essentially uh, I was working at a nearby church. I was also serving in that church on their worship team. I was leading worship at my school. I was leading a Bible study on top of eighteen credits and a uh, RA position. And no one sounds like a lot. It was a lot, and I just had no idea um, what I was getting myself into until I started to go through those phases of burnout again, yeah. and um, and it really hurt. It really hit hard. And again, instead of dealing with it, I ran. Um, I again played the victim card, and I got out of there as soon as possible. And um, and it's kind of now. I I'm at this point where I'm realizing, uh, though, at the time. And even as of late, I was thinking, oh, man, these people, how much like they hurt me, how much they should have been paying more attention to me. I'm realizing, no, like Jonah, there was a problem with you. And you also didn't realize the impact and the hurt that you caused in running away. Um, Burnout isn't an excuse for hurting people. Uh, And so, yeah, man, that kind of that that is a a short summary of the main highlights that I've been able to pinpoint in my testimony where it's been this reoccurring story. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, I I appreciate you sharing that Jonah. Thank you so much just for sharing kind of the overview of how God has been constantly working with you. Um, not against you, he's for you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's cool to see, Um, that you have even in this recent time taken some time to think about your story and you know we were chatting earlier and from what you've already been mentioning even now there seems to be patterns that do recur uh, within your story and you mentioned just a little bit ago that there are three overarching cycles that you have encountered in this chronological timeline from you know early high school until this very moment. And it seems that it was some kind of internal crisis or external circumstance that prompted some kind of response that pushed away mm-hmm. and you know it caused you to perhaps run away or, or distance or isolate yourself from those who gave you life or those whom God was using to pour into you. Um, and that led into a period from what I'm hearing, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, of, of hardship, of trial, depression, introspection that maybe wasn't the most healthy uh, in those moments. And, and then kind of trying to seek out the new thing. And that was what got you into the new cycle, so to speak. Um, you know, within those cycles, if I may, um, in these three general cycles that you've identified within your story. Can you detail for me uh, what you have identified as some of your low moments, some of those moments within each of these cycles that were like, this is, this is the worst. You know, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I, you know, this, I feel like I've hit rock bottom in this circumstance here. Um, you know, what have you identified in those moments and what have been the moments that have gotten you, out of those cycles in which you kind of saw the light at the end of the tunnel, whether it was a personal revelation or something that God intervened in a certain way. Um, Could you give us a glimpse into both of those aspects, the kind of the the highs and the lows within each of those cycles? Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. It's a good question. Um, I think, first off, going back to my freshman year of high school, there was a really cool moment. Um, I think I had mentioned it to you before where Um, it's one of those moments that occurred in life that like, I don't have enough faith to say was coincidence. Mm -hmm. Uh, that makes sense. Um, I remember there was this one morning where it was during um, a really bad pit of depression and it was like 5am. Um, I had woken up, but I couldn't get up. Um, and I saw no reason to get up. And I remember I hadn't prayed to God in a while. Um, Mm -hmm. and I very rudely, uh, talk to him one morning and I was like, Hey, um, <laughs> this, this just doesn't seem like a life worth living. And, um, I don't see any reason to get up today. So if you actually still have any sort of plan for me in life, like, um, like just, just show me. And I'm not kidding you. Five seconds maybe mm-hmm. after that, uh, after that yelling, Match that I played where I was the only one yelling at God oh, <laughs> happened. I get a text from um, a friend who I hadn't talked to in months, a really good friend, and I he had been one of the ones who I kind of blocked out, and he was just checking on me. He was um he was basically just telling me he was there for me, and it was five a.m. too. It's like there are just so many aspects to it that just it just shows how good God was. And then like I had mentioned him providing the youth group and providing me a chance to step into the new identity, um, the will that he had for me. Um, he gave me those opportunities and they, they didn't come without the hard parts, without the depression parts. Um, but he used it all. And that was one of the coolest things to me. Um, I guess with, with all these, there's, there's a quote from C.S. Lewis that I just absolutely love. Um, He says, there are far, uh, far greater things ahead than any that we leave behind. Mm -hmm. And that has been so huge in my life too, because I think there's this moment, once you've realized that you left in a bad way, you ran away, um, that you hurt in your wake, it's hard for a second. Um, I was dealing with that recently where like, again, I literally like could not force myself to get up in the morning. Um, and you're like, wow, this was really, uh, this was really hard and I really hurt people. And what in the world am I supposed to do about it? But it's remembering, um, that not only did God use those moments, even, even, um, even when you were acting in like a negative way, but realizing that he's willing to redeem the situation too. He's willing to do uh, work as, and as soon as you realize it and you're like, God, I'm committed to you. Let's like fix this. Let's reconcile this because I love you. And so therefore I love your children and I want them to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, once you kind of like accept that, then it's like, it's so freeing and you realize it's it's not about really looking ahead and moving on. It's about a new you. And sometimes that means looking back and fixing things. It doesn't mean you're just running away, and it doesn't mean, oh, I'm healed, I'm forgiven, I can go on. Sometimes that means looking back and going, how can I bless and try to fix what happened here? Mm. Um,
0: so, yeah. It's, it's like the story of Jonah, literally. Uh, like, <laughs> you're, you're running away. God's like, nope, you're going to come right back. And then as soon as Jonah comes back, you know, for our listeners out there, for those of you that l- visited Israel, we went to the port of Jaffa, right? Mm -hmm. Just north of, uh, or I'm sorry, just south of Tel Aviv. And, uh, you look out across the Mediterranean, that's where Jonah set sail to run from God. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and God brought him right back to that port, um, after his time in the fish. And then what was the next action? He came right back to do reconciling ministry to people who didn't even believe in him, to the Assyrians in the East. And that is just, i just i see that i see that so like from what you said in the beginning like you identify with the biblical jonah like that just became utterly clear to me um which is super cool and i want to touch on on um reconciliation in a little bit there there is something i have for you there um you know within your story jonah you know you you mentioned a lot of aspects in which you have approached these cycles through school through uh church the local church through different youth groups or campus ministries, um, and when we chatted before, you mentioned that passages had uh, some kind of role to play within some of this as well. Can, can you um, tell us a little bit more about
1: that impact that passages had within context to your story? Yeah, I mean, there's, so there's an original impact, and there is a one day old recent impact. So I'll start with the original one. Uh the original one is the fact that it um I feel like there's this reoccurring theme in my story too of of seeking an identity, mm-hmm. of seeking um a purpose, some sort of passion, something that um I guess uh I can kind of be known by. And I feel like passages gave me that. Um they gave me a passion and a purpose and that is uh, whether it be jewish christian relations whether it be the state of israel in general um, it was like something that i finally could go wow this is worthwhile putting my time and effort into and i am i am so behind it yeah. and then there was also i weird as it may be the pre and the post trip courses were like literally my favorite part no offense to the trip itself it was great but like <laughs> the the chance to dive into A, um, what we were going to see, uh, getting deeper into the word, realizing what God said about these, these spots and then having them come to life was really cool. But then, um, when we returned, I feel like this is, this is one thing that passages does unbelievably well that I have never seen is we always talk about like, oh man, I got back from this retreat and my fire was going and then it burned out in a couple of days, but like passages didn't let that happen. The month long post trip course literally kept you invested in it and it kept you growing and it built on the foundation that was already built. Um, And that was so, such an amazing moment to me. And I grew closer to God in it. And I have to say that that was probably part of the reason um, why I did begin to see such a need for reconciliation because passages pointing me at all these scriptures and at the Lord's heart. I mean, there's no coincidence with the timeline that it all lined up. I think the deeper I got into the word, um, the more I saw, wow, I got to pursue God's heart on this. Um, and then recently, man, is like the past three or four days, I reached out to God a few days ago, you know, like on the phone. Yeah, I reached out to God. And, and I was like, uh, God, like, I really, I want to be brought closer to you because for a while there I was, I was just not committed. Yeah. And I was like, "And I want a chance to show your love to the world um, and he basically he brought me out of nowhere into all these different meetings and all these different um, zoom calls and things like that that built up to this perfect point yesterday, uh, yesterday when I was kind of running through in my mind uh, the details of my testimony, mm-hmm. and this opportunity that even this this zoom call man um, I haven't told my testimony in a long time. And for a long time, I didn't think it was, it was, it was boring to say, and I didn't know what to make of all the details. But um, what passages has even given me in like this opportunity has been realizing like, no, there are themes. And once you realize like you have a story in your testimony, you get really pumped to share that because it just tells how good God has been. So I'm, I mean, passages for what they've given my story, even in this, um, is really amazing. It's amazing. I appreciate
0: you saying that. And uh, for those of you who are listening, who are Passages alum, this is a shameless plug. Get yourself into Leaders Course. There's some good stuff in there. Hopefully it may uh, impact you just the same. But um, Jonah, I have a couple more questions for you before we conclude our, our, uh, our conversation here. You mentioned a lot about reconciliation and redemption. Uh, certain aspects in these cycles. Um, Your testimony seems to work a lot with reconciliation, especially in regard to the people that you've come across and that you've mentioned that you've hurt or have kind of left behind when you've run. Um, What's that been like to work with reconciliation now in, in that? And how have you grown through being able to use reconciliation as a means uh in
1: your testimony that it is the absolute worst and the best at the same time um it's the worst because it's not natural you know i feel like naturally um when we get hurt uh we kind of just want to want to move on from it and we kind of we want to find greener pastures Mm. Or if we realize that we hurt someone else, we don't want to deal with it because emotions are gross. And it's like, it's hard to get into, uh, to realizing um, that maybe your pride's a little bit too big. I think that's what I realized is um, a while back in my testimony too, I got all these pride hits from God. And it's just reminded me how much um, I do uh, value my own pride and how much it keeps me from reconciling with situations. So uh, I remember last summer was my big, big summer reconciliation. I reached out to tons of people from my past um, and I've been doing so up to this point where there are times where I feel like I was in the wrong, right? And I was like, okay, like, I feel like I've been freed from the guilt of that. But I feel like if even just me reaching out and putting out a hand, um, putting out an apology, if that could give some sort of freedom to the people who I think I might have hurt, like, I got to do that because that's God's heart. Um, and so maybe it takes 15 minutes, uh, send a text, meet up with people. And um, it was so healing for me um, to be able to try to act uh, with God's heart and mind in reaching out to these people Uh, And again, it is a pride hit. It's basically like there were times when I would reach out and try to reconcile with people when I didn't think I had done anything wrong. But at the same time, I was like, the only thing holding me back from giving an apology and attempting to show God's love and healing someone, um, or at least giving them the chance to heal, maybe they already moved on, but maybe this would help is my own pride. And as soon as you decide, hey, pride is like the worst and I don't want it anymore. And then you realize, um, it's all about sacrifice. Um, it was huge. And there were some hard parts about it too, where I realized that even in my attempts of reconciliation, there were selfish tendencies. I was expecting, um, I wanted some sort of response that was like, you know, like, Oh yeah, I forgive you. Also, I'm sorry. And we selfishly like want that, right? Because uh, it's just in our nature and it's kind of accepting like, why are you doing what you're doing? And that's when I slapped myself in the face and I was like, you need to drop your urges to get the response you want and realize that if you're really seeking reconciliation and you're really trying to show these people God's love, You shouldn't need anything in return. You just should do it and believe that this is God's will, that, um, that these relationships, that these situations are healed. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it, it was, it was a hard, it is a hard process that I go through all the time. Um, and it's also important in reconciliation to remember to forgive yourself. Um, and to forgive others and uh again that realization that i brought up earlier about me being my worst enemy is a really good one to remember too um we cause a lot of our own problems and sometimes we accidentally blame others for them um but just having that uh, ability to be self aware and be like i'm just going to apologize and i just want god's will to be done in this and it was it was amazing man it was healing Uh, It was beautiful.
0: That's amazing. And it it brings my mind to the actual ministry of Jesus, right? It's the ministry of reconciliation. Yeah. Um, Reconciliation, it seems can't really happen without a little bit of sacrifice of something. And uh, it's just a little, you know, what you're mentioning here is a little bit of a, like almost typing of what Jesus did to reconcile everyone to himself. Um, So with that, This next question uh, is about Jesus and and who is Jesus to you, Jonah?
1: I would say Jesus to me. I always think of uh, Jesus as the guy standing out of my tomb. Um, I think of Lazarus and I think of that whole situation. And um, I think of Jesus, A, weeping. Like the tomb for me is a metaphor for basically all the sin, all the patterns that I continue to live in. in the tomb, I won't walk out. Like every day Jesus is standing outside of my tomb saying like, Jonah, come forth, like walk out of that sin, walk out of that pattern, walk out of that temptation um, because I have something greater for you. And I see Jesus as that one who not only is daily calling me out of that tomb, but he's also weeping for me like he does for Lazarus. Like he is sad. He is mourning that we are struggling with those things because he just wants to be with us. Um, He wants us to be walking in the steps that he has already shown are possible in this, uh, in this earth. And yeah, that's who Jesus is to me. That's amazing. That's really
0: impactful. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, As we conclude our conversation, Jonah, to the listeners who are tuning in uh, right now, uh, is there anything that you'd like to share with them, especially those who are passages alumni?
1: Yeah, uh, learn from my story. Uh, I always, I always think of it as, as interesting that sometimes we do ignore other people's failures, and I don't. I think we should take advantage of it. It's like free wisdom. It's like the ability to then not make those same mistakes ourselves, or even to check our own life. Um, I'm a really broken guy. I've made a lot of mistakes, and I'm realizing that. Um, so use my story as that. Um, as that ability to then be able to move on to something greater. And also, um, don't look at your story, don't look at anything and think that it's not worth telling. Everything means something and sometimes the very smallest details you'll realize are the, um, the biggest impacts of your testimony, of your story. Um, and God, I think of it as like a beautiful mosaic, like there are different pieces to it and some of them are really ugly by themselves. Um, but God has all these beautiful stained glass pieces that he keeps putting on top of them. And in the end, they are all a part of your story and they all tell what he has done in your life and how uh, faithful that he has been in the relationship.
0: Thank you to Jonah Phillip for sharing your testimony and to you, our listeners who have taken time to engage with us by participating in Abide in Christ, a program of Passages at Home. Catch us next week to hear more stories of God at work in the lives of Passages alumni across the country. And don't forget to continue engaging with us through more spiritual enrichment opportunities, including devotionals, lessons in leadership, and our Wednesday night virtual prayer session called Watch and Pray, led by Jonah Rangel. You can opt in to receive more information on how to access these opportunities for Abide in Christ by visiting our online landing page at PassagesIsrael.org slash Passages at Home. We at Passages are praying for you. Till next time.